what? I got a fever. You give me fever. Fever? In the morning. A fever all through the night. Okay, folks, welcome to episode 17 of the Dynasty Fever podcast. I'm Brian, he's Scott, and we're here to recap week 10 and talk about things going on in Dynasty Fantasy football. Scott, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. I actually had a, a really good week throughout my, um, my, my top league, so I'm happy. Good, good. Yeah, because uh, to me, it felt like another weird week for both real football and therefore fantasy as well. Uh, and uh, definitely a mixed bag for me. Yeah, I mean, like I, I got lucky in a couple of spots. Like the people scored really low, but there's a couple. Um, my teams kind of scored a lot of points, but I noticed a lot of low scores um, throughout my leagues this week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so what we've been doing uh, starting last week is before we get into games, talking about one story or takeaway or headline that stands out to us. Uh, for me, I, I don't. I don't think I can get away with not talking about Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, right. You know, I've kind of backed him for a while. I thought he was ranked too low in some people's rankings going into the draft. You know, I didn't think he was an elite prospect, but I thought he could, you know, make some noise and be something and contribute. You know, he went to New England uh, where Damian Harris already was, so I thought, okay, you know, he's going to be a decent handcuff and, and maybe show some flashes. You know, this week with that, with Harris out, uh, he really excelled, uh, hit 100 yards, I think scored two TDs. Um, I guess for me, the question becomes, obviously, if Harris is back next week, it goes back to some sort of committee. But after this week, is the balance going to change a little bit? Will there be increased touches for Stevenson? And then secondarily, Let's do a price check on Stevenson. What would you What would you trade for him? So, what do you think about Stevenson? Yeah, I I like Stevenson, and he wasn't necessarily a guy I had on my radar. Uh, I heard his name thrown around a couple times, and then um, that preseason game, he had a run. I thought he was kind of like a smaller back the way he was moving, and then you know I go to you know look him up, and it's he's like two hundred and thirty pounds. So, um, yeah, I, I like him a lot. And I, I do think like him and Damian Harris can kind of coexist back there in the backfield. I think uh, I don't think Damian Harris is going to necessarily go anywhere. I think it's kind of like a he's one of those like Bill Belichick type of guys. So I think he's going to have a role, but I do think there's you know enough work where Stevenson can have a role too because Patriots are like you know they're a good football team right yeah. now. And they're kind of like controlling the clock, um, controlling you know. They're kind of forcing the games to go their way right now. So uh, I think, you know, there's there's plenty of opportunity for them to both succeed. So, yeah, you know, the formula has been, you know, to be to focus on the run a lot and not ask Mac Jones to throw too much. Not that I'm knocking Mac Jones and how he's done this year. We'll talk about that in a second. But, you know, that's the formula. And as long as that's the formula, I, I you know, I would think Stevenson is going to role is going to have to grow over time. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. I would I would pay a late second if I was rebuilding. I think okay. 
Yeah, I saw some people uh, on on Twitter say, yes, I do a second. Some other folks were like, no, absolutely not. Most I go is a third. So we'll see. Uh, The story that you want to talk about, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to go Dallas backfield. I think, um, you know, I I like Pollard a lot. So if you're you're rebuilding and you can get, you know, if you can trade somebody, like let's say Derrick Henry, for like an early first and Tony Pollard, I would, I would take that mm, okay. uh, like a really early first or maybe a first and a second plus Pollard. He's, he's already better at Zeke receiving um, like for the rest of this year, maybe even next year, you know, I think they could definitely coexist, but that's another team that also wants to be able to run the ball. And um, you know, there's always a Zeke's been paid. So I guess there's running backs kind of get the ax quicker than any other position when they come a, uh, a veteran so yeah, yeah I'm for Pollard right yeah I, I I agree I, I do like Pollard a, a lot and his role has been growing uh, I think you know in the right matchup it seems like both of them are startable you know probably Zeke as a running back and Pollard as your flex but I, I don't mind playing both of them yeah I mean either if you got both for sure you can definitely do that like if you're a contender don't give up Zeke I don't think I'd give up Zeke but um mm-hmm. Rebuilding, you know, I think Powell's going to have his, his bad games and stuff like that. But I think in the long run, that's a, if you're playing the long game, I think it's a good move. Okay. And so one more item before we get into uh, each game from week 10. The Rams wide receivers. So um, they sign Odell. Everybody is like RIP Van Jefferson. Now Robert Woods goes down with an ACL. People say Van Jefferson is revived. Then some other folks say, well, OBJ is going to be the wide receiver too and get that target share. Then we get some kind of news that some, I think his name is Ben Skowronek or something, yeah. uh, is also going to get some run to complicate things. So uh, they're about to play tonight, Monday night. So by the time this posts, you know, what we say could be uh, could be completely inaccurate. But how are you sorting out these Rams wide receivers the rest of the season? Yeah, like I don't think there's I don't think it's for certain that Van Jefferson is worse than OBJ. I think there's reason to believe, you know, that even with OBJ there, OBJ could be the third wide receiver. So um, you know, hold on to Van Jefferson. I have this like weird feeling that Odell's gonna score at least one touchdown tonight. Hmm. But but yeah, I would try to like before tonight's game, maybe try to buy I would buy Van Jefferson. Contending or not. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a big V-Jeff guy. Uh, so back to those Cowboys you were talking about. Uh, 43-3 over Atlanta. Big bust game for Matt Ryan. Apparently it's Wayne Gallman season. Uh, CD Lamb does well. Schultz has some target decrease. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, Ryan is just – if you can sell him now, especially if you're not contending, I would – I would seriously consider doing it. He's just – he's getting beat up. Um, when he's under pressure, he, he looks awful. So, he's going to – I think he's going to be very inconsistent right now. And I think, you know, in the offseason, there's a chance that Atlanta might try to replace him. I do think another team would probably sign him, but mm. it's a situation where, you know, you don't really know where he's going. Uh, so, uh, Cordero Patterson, high ankle sprain. Doesn't look to be severe last time I checked, but still uh, ankle sprains are nothing to mess with. Uh, are you adding Gallman at all on the waivers? 
Yeah, if you have Patterson, I think you're you have to put in a waiver bid. So in Dynasty, I don't value Fab too much. So mm. if you're like contending and um, you haven't really spent much money, go, go for it. I'd get him. He did well in New York, and I don't think like it's possible to really uh, have a worse offensive line situation. So mm. yeah, I'd get him. I mean, somebody at least you could play in like your flax or running back two spot. Okay, let's go to the Cowboys side of the ball. We already talked about Zeke and Pollard a little bit. Um, good game for C.D. Lamb, two touchdowns. We uh, 21.2% target share. We both like Lamb a lot. Uh, what do you make of this game? Yeah, it's like it's hard for me to rank the top three dynasty receivers with Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, and Chase. Um, mm. I think any one of them, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, they they kind of are in a bunch for me at, at and I think I'm going to talk about this a little later uh, at three, four, five right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase Lamb Jefferson, but you know, to me that little tier, that little chunk of my rankings is is pretty interchangeable right now. You know, I I like all of them a hell of a lot. Yeah, and then you got DK Metcalf too, and Tyreek Hill. There's a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, the return of Michael Gallup, 15.1 target, uh, 15.1% target share. Uh, Schultz only gets two targets. Are we concerned about Schultz? I think maybe he'll, uh, Gallup will eat into his targets, but it's only one game. I think we need to see more. I wouldn't panic on Schultz right now, but I think maybe, uh, you know, uh, slight concern. I think, you know, definitely his ceiling is, is, is down a bit. Yeah, I'm like – it's hard to take a lot from this game. So, I mean, I'm a little bit concerned, but I was already concerned. So I guess like nothing really changed for me. Um, you know, give it another week and see what happens. There's no way they can keep all three of those receivers. So like, I just, not for any like serious length of time, because mm-hmm. all three of them are, might be able to play wide receiver one on any other team. So. Agreed. Yeah. That's going to be interesting to see. I, I I'd like to see, uh, it, where Gallup goes if he's the one that that ends up uh, on another team because I like him a lot and I, I think he can be, you know, a, a wide receiver one or at least a wide receiver two for for a lot of teams. Yeah, I agree. I, I threw out a couple offers for him. I have him in a one dynasty, which is not enough. So I threw out a couple mm-hmm. offers. I got denied, but I think I'm going to throw uh, – I think I'm going to, like, modify him and, and resend. Okay. Uh, and another sort of weird game, I thought, uh, Tennessee 23, New Orleans 20, uh, 21. Big day uh, for Ingram, replacing Kamara. Certainly better than I expected. Looks like he has new life in New Orleans. Uh, and uh, kind of a weird day in the passing game for uh, the Titans as we continue to see what this team will look like without Henry. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, yeah, so Ingram, I mean, that, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, like 21% target share, tied for highest on the team. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. The, the uh, New Orleans offense is – I think it's kind of trending upward. I actually won a 10-man keeper league with Trevor Simeon and Mason Rudolph as my quarterbacks. <laughs> mm. So, Simeon's been, been pretty serviceable. And I don't think, like, he's going to get benched anytime soon. Right on. 
let's stay on the uh, uh, New Orleans side of the ball and, and let's talk about our thoughts on Troutman. Uh, he's a guy who I heard a couple uh, a couple analysts last uh, last year, I think, say, hey, listen, when the New Orleans Saints and Sean Payton, you know, spend a third round pick on a tight end, you pay attention. And that kind of put him on my radar. And he was a guy that I was expecting could grow and and maybe get a bigger role this year. He had six targets, 18.1% target share, but it only translated into 32 yards on on the five catches. I need more points out of him if I'm going to believe that he's somebody on the rise. What do you think about Adam Troutman? I wasn't big on his like athletic profile, so I guess mm-hmm. if, I, if I had him, I'm I'm looking to try to sell him, maybe like package him with uh, some draft capital for for Knox or, or Schultz. I would I would trend away from like not or uh, not Knox Schultz if possible, but um, you know I and they got a they got a very good obviously Alvin Kamara, one of the best receiving options out of the backfield, and sometimes that you know, can mess with the, with the tight end target share. So mm. that's I, true. Just for myself, I think, I think he could succeed for sure. But I also, um, if he's a, he's a sell for me if, if I can. Okay. Let's go to the Tennessee side of the ball. Uh, Tannehill, uh, I think might've completed a pass to 42 different people uh, uh, yesterday uh, on that squad. And the big <laughs> beneficiary I was not A.J. Brown, but was uh, one Marcus Johnson, five catches for 100 yards, while uh, our friend A.J. Brown only one catch for 16 yards on four targets. What do we make of what happened with the Tennessee offense yesterday? Yeah, I mean, obviously, A.J. Brown's going to be okay. He, he did have to leave the game, I believe, at least one time to get looked at. Mark, I, I don't know. I, I definitely don't want any other receivers on the Titans except for in the Titan premium. I want I want Swing if I, if he's still out there. Okay. Or, uh, even if you can maybe buy low. Because um, I think maybe by the end of the year, his value is going to increase. But, yeah, a lot of people thought Ferkser would, would kind of step into that role, but it's been Swain. Yeah. Yeah, I actually had to start him in league and I, I won that matchup so yeah he's kind of a low-key guy i guess if you can snag him mm-hmm. anything you said aj brown's gonna be okay um you know we're seeing without derrick henry that this offense can be kind of weird and and mm-hmm. you never know what's gonna happen it's only been a couple weeks um any any concern for uh, AJ Brown moving forward, or just this is just a weird week and and he's going to produce again? I mean, I I think he's going to be borderline wide receiver one the rest of the year. I am a little bit worried about the linebacker play because they love running that like it's a little bit of a deeper slant or like a skinny post behind the linebackers on play action. And he was, I mean, he crushed Buffalo with it. Mm. So, but I mean, he was still second. In uh, targets, the target share on his team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's a he's a phenomenal player, and I think in this situation, it's it's just better whether you're contending or not to just mm-hmm. hold him. Okay, uh, I know what your answer to this is probably going to be because you've expressed concern about his knees. I have him ranked high at dynasty wide receiver two. Am I too high on AJ Brown? 
I think his talent level is one or two for sure. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I'm getting like, I think I'm getting like injury paranoia because I got Christian McCaffrey mm. <laughs> everywhere. So, uh, yeah, I'd move him down just a few spots just because just of injury, but he can definitely be the best wide receiver in Dynasty. Okay. Uh, New England 45, Cleveland 7 in a blowout in which my man Stevenson uh, produces. Uh, Baker leaves with a knee injury, doesn't seem serious. Uh, Dearness Johnson, you know, continues to be good in the fill-in role. Uh, 99 yards on the ground, adds seven catches with a 25.8% target share. Not too much really to say on the Cleveland side. Uh, What are you doing with Dearness Johnson uh, if you're a contender and if you're a rebuilder? Rebuilder, I'm targeting Hunt and Chubb owners. If I'm contending, I'm def- I'm going to hold on to him if I have Hunt mm-hmm. or or Nick Chubb, obviously. But if I don't and I'm okay at running back, even if I am contending, I would sell to the same, same person. Right on. Uh, Patriots side of the ball, we talked a little bit about Mac. Uh, only 23 attempts, only 198 yards, but three touchdowns. Uh, continues to, to play pretty well, pretty efficiently. Uh, it's a spike week for Kendrick Bourne because, of course, uh, Myers gets his first touchdown finally and another uh, another day visiting the end zone for Hunter Henry. What's going on on the New England side of the ball? New England's good already. And it's oh, it's like a crime <laughs> against humanity. Like they, they, sh- they deserve to at least suffer through like three or four years of bad. You know, they spent one year on the sidelines, right? And now they're right back in it. I know. I mean, the whole time last year, I was trying to enjoy every minute of last year because I just like Belichick is the, I think he's the best coach probably that ever lived. So um, yeah, they didn't stay bad long. Mac Jones is interesting because he's definitely like, he's the most interesting rookie I think in this class that I've watched so far. However, I got, I'm in a league where I have him. I have Josh Allen and Daniel Jones as well. And the Zach Wilson owner is a Patriots fan. Mm. And I know that they have expressed their love for Mac Jones. And I'm, I like, you know, sometimes I roll the dice and I kind of want to send Mac Jones <laughs> to the Patriot fan for like Zach Wilson and like a late first to see if he'll bite. Mm. I don't think I'd bite on that. Uh, but, you know, as a Pats fan, you never know uh, with Wilson hurt and, you know, Jones getting a lot of buzz. Here's the thing about Jones though. Like, Yes, he's doing well, especially relative to other rookies who are struggling, but it's not really translating into a lot of fantasy points. He's efficient. He looks good. He looks like he's making good decisions, looks like a competent quarterback. Mm-hmm. But it's not translating into like big fantasy points. I mean, they're, they're, they're relatively modest point totals. Yeah, like I think – so I think he's safe. Um, he's a safe quarterback. And, like, if you're in the super flex, I guess, and you have him and he's, like, your third quarterback, like you can kind of get a little bit riskier with your second quarterback that you're usually starting because you have Mac Jones. He's not going anywhere. Odds are he's going to get better receivers. I mean, I can't imagine they're going to keep going. And they might, though. They did it to Brady <laughs> for most of his career. But, mm. um, yeah, I mean, their defense is really good. I, In fact, like, I wouldn't really want to play anybody against their defense. Um, but if I can get like maybe a, Justin Fields still has some negative. If you can get like Justin Fields, 
in a throwing of, of some sort, like uh, Alberto or something. You know what I mean? Hmm. I might do it just because the athleticism and the rushing floor obviously is not there for Mac Jones. Yeah. Yeah, big time. Yeah. If I was the fields manager and the Albert O manager, and we'll talk about Albert O a little later, I'm not doing that deal. No matter how impressive Mac Jones has been, even if I'm a contender, I'm I'm not doing that deal. I I wouldn't take the deal myself. But, I mean, there's a lot of good narrative right now around Mac Jones. You might get somebody to overpay. Yeah. If that's the case, I would I would I would take it. True enough. And uh, the man, Mac, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you're saying sell Henry, too. Sell Hunter Henry. Yeah, just just because of his past injury history, I would look to sell. But, I mean, don't don't sell yourself short. I think he's he stays healthy. He's a wide receiver one in that offense right now. Tight end one. Yeah, I'm sorry. Tight end one. And, you know, he had the same amount of targets as Born and Myers, and he's getting a lot of red zone looks. So, um, tight end premium. Like, don't sell him short, but if you can get – if you can get, like, a, a late first, I don't know. Do you think he's there yet? Uh, I don't know that even in a premium, a lot of folks are, are going to part with that for him. Yeah, maybe, like, a high second or a two, 23 second maybe. Mm. Sounds about right. Well, the man that Mac Jones replaced in some ways, Tom Brady, uh, played Washington and lost in an upset 29 to 19. Um, uh, Fournette continues to get huge snap share, 27.2% uh, target share that day. Um, excuse me. Uh, Evans kind of, you know, without the touchdown would have had a pretty, uh, pretty bad outing. Uh, Antonio Gibson looks like he's bouncing back. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, Brady, he was, he was pretty good. He was flustered a little bit, but I think he's probably going to torch the league for the next uh, portion of the season. I love Fournette this year, so hold him um, and sell him after this year. But, he, I mean, he's got he's get 27.2% target share yesterday, which led the team. Um, so you'll love to see that. So yeah, if, especially like if you're anywhere close to contending, just hold on to him the rest of the year and try to move him in the off season. Okay. Uh, Evans and Godwin, uh, you and I both like Godwin, uh, a lot more than Evans, but you know, Evans, you know, it continues to be reliable producer. Uh, why did he only have three targets yesterday when we're told that Brady loves Evans? Yeah, I think Brady loves Evans when it's when it's one on one, and and in the end zone. I think Godwin's a better receiver though. I I, I kind of looked at him like Wes Welker with size, and you know what I mean, and game breaking ability. He's a great route runner. He can operate in the slot and outside. They can move him around like a chess piece. So mm. yeah, I'd rather have Godwin for sure. All right, let's go to the Washington side of the ball. Uh, bounce back game for Gibson. Uh, it looked pretty good. Is it perhaps the shin healing? Uh, is this a sign of, of more good things to come? Yeah, that, well, I mean, that was my thought when I was watching. He uh, he just looked like he was cutting and more explosive. He, he beat guys to the outside after the original. The intended hole was closed, and he, uh, he beat a couple of defenders outside for a touchdown. 
Um, one thing to monitor is Tampa Bay lost Vita Vey, so mm. if you have any matchups against Tampa Bay, they might not be as bad against the run from here on out until he comes back. Mm. Good point. Okay, your Buffalo Bills 45, my, well, sort of my, I don't even really pay attention too much anymore. My New York Jets 17 and a get-right game for Josh Allen and the Bills. Uh, you know, weird game, you know, with uh, the three-headed backfield uh, all scoring a, a rushing touchdown. And who knew Matt Breida was the guy to play uh, yesterday. Uh, big game for Diggs. Not too much to talk about on the Jets side of the ball. Uh, you're the Buffalo expert. Talk to me. Yeah, it was uh, – okay. I, I really can't stand Zach Moss. I'm going to talk in, about him more in depth. So, I love that they – brought in Burita for this game and used him in the passing game. He's, I mean, he's not a great running back. Like he's got long speed, you know, he's, he's got like a house call ability, but uh, yeah, to get him involved in the passing game was cool. I, I think Buffalo might have started to realize maybe that Moss just isn't it. He just says he can't make anybody miss yesterday. We're, you know, it's second and 10, two deep safeties. We're in the red zone. We handed it to Moss and he ran into his own lineman <laughs> and got tackled. And it's like third and 11 mm. and the drive stalls out. I mean, we just marched on the field. Um, so, yeah, I think maybe by Singletary right now, because I mean, he's not, he doesn't have like, he's got terrible speed, but he can make a couple guys miss on the play. I think he can average like five and a half yards per carry. And if he gets like, you know, eight, nine handoffs and a couple of catches. That's, that's all right. Flex and good matchups. Okay. Talk to me about Stefan Diggs. eight for one sixty two and a touchdown. Yeah. 46% uh, target share. Uh, I'm actually trying to sell him. Mm-hmm. Not that he's getting old by any means. I think he's going to be very good for the next couple of years, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, if, if you can catch somebody thinking that the Stefan Diggs from last year is, is coming back, I, I would jump on it and see if you can't get a, um, a couple good picks or a younger receiver that you like. Yeah. Totally so, agree. You know, he's he's going to be turning 28, um, you know, and and well, let me ask you, you watch him more closely. There's sort of a theory out there that some people are espousing that and, and I think I tend to agree with it that Stefan Diggs 2020 was the outlier that he wasn't elite before 2020 and he's not elite this year. 2020 was the weird year and we're never getting that back. What do you think about that theory? I don't think it's bad. I kind of view him like Keenan Allen with a vertical threat to him. So real high end wide receiver two, sometimes going to finish as a low end wide receiver one. That would be, that would be my – like, if you can get rid of Diggs in a sec, I doubt they're going to – like, I would try to package um, Stefan Diggs with a, with a nice traffic and, and try to go after, like, a CD Lamb or, or something like that. Okay. Or if you can uh, get, like, plus a nice pick back, I would, I would consider it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I just want to mention my man, uh, Gabe Davis. 105 yards uh, this week. Uh, I, 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 you know, I think, you know, I'm not going to count on that every week from him. Mm-hmm. I do think he's talented. I do think perhaps even if Sanders isn't there next year, he can find 
a role for this team and on this team. Beasley's not getting any younger. I, I think Gabe Davis is a buy low. I think you try to get him thrown into a, uh, some trades that you're doing this time of year. What do you think? Yeah, I love that call. Um, Cause yeah, he's the future there. He's going to definitely, I think by next year he's the wide receiver too. So, I mean, Sanders is still going to be involved. So maybe this week isn't the week to go after him again, but um, he'll have another down week, I think. And then, you know, try to try to pounce on a buy low for him because I I've been buying low in contenders and teams where I don't need them this year. So mm-hmm. okay, uh, let's go to the Jets side of the ball. Pretty icky, but um, excuse me, Elijah Moore with a garbage time touchdown, I believe, from Joe Flacco. Um, but with Corey Davis back in the lineup, uh, Davis got uh, more targets and more catches and more yards. Um, I know the Jets situation is just disgusting and their quarterback situation. Who knows? Uh, can Elijah Moore produce with Corey Davis in the lineup? Yeah, I mean, that was that was a terrible game for the offense. Buffalo's defense is very good. And, um, you know, he still produced. I know, like, touch, oh, touchdowns and garbage time, they matter the same amount that they do when it's close. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, I, I am actually not out on the New York Jets offense. I, they're kind of like one of those teams that, you know, overall are, are kind of bad teams that people don't necessarily equate that team with players they want to start in fantasy. But I think there's some serv- serviceable players. I mean, Ty Johnson's been targeted mm-hmm. a lot. Um, play Michael Carter. Ty Johnson, like, he's nice for, like, an emergency running back type, running back death. Um Corey Davis says he did well too, almost 100 yards. So, um, yeah, I think their offense is good. It's just uh, if they put Wilson back in, has he progressed? Is my question. Yeah. One interesting note I saw, and I don't know how much this will hold true, but Wilson mentioned, you know, he liked how Mike White was playing and, and he could learn some things from Mike White. And I'm hoping, reading between the lines, that means Mike White was taking what the defense gave him. Mm-hmm. Instead of going for the big play, whereas Wilson was, you know, not taking what the defense gave him and trying to force the big play. Right. If that's if that's true, and, and who knows if, if it is, and Wilson adapts better that way, I think, yeah, Ty Johnson, Michael Carter are still going to see uh, a lot of targets. Uh, I don't know what I can trust with Wilson yet, so we'll see when he gets back. Yeah, and I've talked about this before. It's with these super talented a rocket for arm quarterbacks. It is tough for them sometimes. A lot tougher for Zach Wilson to check it down than it is for a Mike White. Because, I mean, mm. you know, they've just went most of their lives being able to just do whatever they wanted on the football field. And um, they got to learn, and they, they usually do the hard way. Josh Allen, um, Mahomes is kind of learning a little bit this year, but I think he's back to being Mahomes. But, um, you know, they're just – they're trying to get away with stuff that most people wouldn't think about doing. So mm. I, I think it is good. It's just uh, like Favre never got it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I mean, he never got that shut down thing. So that's what kind of worries me sometimes about Josh Allen and maybe Zach Wilson. But I think between um, White and Flacco, I think, and sitting for a little while, I think hopefully um, I got hope for him. Okay. Uh, in a game that was probably tighter than it should have been, Indianapolis 23, 
Jacksonville uh, 17. Uh, you know, another underwhelming game for uh, Golden Boy uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Jamal Agnew is everything we were wishing LaVisca Chenault would be. Uh, <laughs> good game for James Robinson. Dan Arnold continues to be relevant. Uh, Marvin Jones, arrow down, continues. Uh, there's a couple good pieces on this Jacksonville offense, despite how sort of putrid the team overall is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Agnew's been... A nice flex for me in a couple of leagues. J-Rob's been a really nice running back. And I really like Dan Arnold. I don't like Marvin Jones because I just don't think he can be the guy. And I think on the outside with, you know, them paying attention to him, he's, he's just not going to be able to do a whole lot. But I'd also buy Chanel just because he, okay. yeah, he's playing outside and he should be playing in the slot. I just don't think Agnew can play outside so i think he's playing out of position i think eventually they will put, give it to him back so it depends on the price but i mean if you want if you believe in chenault now's the time to buy him mm-hmm. let's talk about dan arnold um arrow's been up we've talked about him before on previous episodes uh he still doesn't have a game that's over 70 yards and i believe he hasn't scored a touchdown but he's been really startable uh, especially if uh, you're in premium and especially if you are relatively weak at tight end. If you have Dan Arnold, what would you sell him for? And if you wanted Dan Arnold, what would you pay? Yeah, so this, I don't know. If this might be like – this might be crazy, but I think I'd give up Troutman in a high third for Dan Arnold. Okay. I, I like him as a receiving threat. He's uh, – He's got good speed and stuff for a tight end. And Lawrence has been looking for him. He's been making plays. I think he'll top 70 yards eventually. But, mm-hmm. you know, 20, 20% target share this week. And that's been pretty consistent. And, and they traded for him. So I like pretty much his, pretty much everything, his price and all that. So if you, if you had Arnold, what, would you demand Troutman in a high third? Yeah, I think I would – I don't know if I'd go necessarily after after Troutman. I would, I'd probably go – if I was selling Dan Arnold, I'd, I'd want like a high third plus a guy. Um, I don't know. I'm not like Trimble, I guess. But. Conklin? Interesting. Okay. Both guys with, with Buzz for sure. Uh, okay, on the Colts side of the ball, I mean, what are you going to say about JT? You know, another huge game. He's on fire. Um, you know, just as many yards as Henry and, and way fewer touches. More receiving yards than Henry. I mean, you know, um, what is there to say? You know, uh, if you have John Taylor, uh, Jonathan Taylor, good. <laughs> good for you. Well, <laughs> you know, uh, not really much else you can say. Yeah, just his size and speed. He has everything. Like, but I mean, it's it's just, it's pretty crazy how fast and big he is, and and then how white and quick on his feet. So, and they got a great offensive line. So, I mean, yeah, hold on to him. Or, I mean, if you got a really bad team, sell him for a haul. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Pittman, another another pretty good day. Five uh, for seventy one. You and I like him a, a lot. Um, uh, what's the price check on Pittman? 
Yeah, I'd still give up in 22 draft. I'd give up at like a mid-second. Or, I'm sorry, mid-first. Okay. All right. Yeah. His targets went down when Hilton came back, but Hilton and Pittman were targeted the same amount, and Hilton did nothing with that. So I think that's going to tip back into Pittman's favor. Okay. All right. I like him. Uh, I think he's my wide receiver 16 at the moment. Uh, Detroit 16, Pittsburgh 16, a tie in overtime. What many uh, were calling an ugly game. Uh, I don't know really what the headlines are here. Uh, Swift had one of those rare days where his rushing far outdid his receiving. 33 carries for 130 yards. I don't think that's going to happen in, in many games. I just think it was a question of uh, we realized that we might have a chance to win if we don't let Jared Goff throw. Uh, yeah. uh, and, you know, Swift is still uh, a man crush for me. I'm a big Swifter. Uh, he's my RB3 in Dynasty. Um, you know, just plugging away. Uh, Steelers side of the ball, uh, you know, another good volume day for Najee and another pretty good day for Fryermuth. Yeah, I, I love Fryermuth. We were talking about him and on, on, on the tight end episode in the beginning of the offs. No, not the beginning of the offseason. Probably towards the end of the offseason, we're mm-hmm. talking about the rookies. But um, he was probably the only other tight end in this class that could be of immediate relevance. But I mean, he's he's surpassed my expectations. He had nine targets on Sunday, so mm-hmm. yeah, um, probably a future stud. Okay. Uh, what would you be willing to give up for him? And yeah, I'd give up a first round pick for him for sure. Really? Okay. I don't know if I'm there yet. I like him a lot. I don't know if I'm there with a first, but um, just with, with this amount of product, if Pitts wasn't in this class, I think that people would be going crazy more about fire move. Okay. I want to ask you about Deontay Johnson. He's a guy that I've been really high on, and I'm starting to rethink him a little bit. Um, I think he's always going to have a good floor, right? I think he's going to be heavily targeted, but I don't think there's going to be that many high-ceiling blow-up games for him. Yeah. Um, he's a guy that I, that, I, that I have knocked down a few spots in my rankings. Um, I still like him a lot. I don't know that I like him as much as I used to. Yeah, I can understand that. I like him too, especially at his cost that you can usually get him in a startup and just as like a safe guy, as you said. So, um, yeah, and this is without like Claypool, which I know he isn't doing a lot this season yet, but, um, and, and Juju's out too. So, mm. yeah, the quarterback situation's a little bit bleak in pittsburgh as well yeah mm-hmm. that makes me worry for the future for sure but i i always think like he's the type of guy kind of like keenan allen they're always it's usually the better move to just keep them than, than sell them you know okay because i think they'll help your team more than you're gonna profit and move them yeah i agree for sure uh and another game that i think people called a little ugly uh, Green Bay 17, Seattle 0. I believe it's the first time Russ Wilson got shut out uh, in his career. Uh, I made a prediction that on Twitter that Gerald Everett might have a pretty good week because Russ looks his way more than Geno did. 
Nice. Uh, he, he went eight for 63. So, you know, there you go. Uh, but not much else to talk about on the Seattle side of the ball. Uh, anything that you want to talk about with Seattle? Uh, no, but I would keep an eye. Yeah, I, well, I guess the answer is yes. <laughs> uh, okay. I, would, I would keep a, um, an eye on Russ right now in cold weather matchups with that finger. I mean, they just, like, they just removed like a pin or something. So I'm sure it was hurting. He had some kind of tape on his finger. And I don't think the ball, I mean, he wasn't throwing like ducks or anything, but I don't think he has his 100% of his iron power. And Everett was eight for eight. Um, and if you watch the one play, I mean, he got, there was like four guys on him. And they ended up take, having to take him out of bounds because he wouldn't go down. Mm. So uh, I think it'll be a nice play in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Green Bay. I think uh, the big news here is the Aaron Jones injury. Uh, MCL sprain uh, had a had a, a, a good receiving game, um, if not a, a quiet rushing game uh, before he went out. Um, you know, uh, I seen the same report that you've seen that said one to two weeks. But then I also saw somebody say, well, you know, the Packers are usually more conservative with that sort of thing. Could be three to four. Um so I guess it's time to talk about AJ Dillon. Yeah, uh, I, I actually like AJ Dillon. I, I he's the guy I had to kind of warm up to. I didn't really like my first, but mm-hmm. he's even showing some receiving upside, mm-hmm. and, and he's a monstrous dude. So yeah. I'm going to talk about him a little later in our fever and chills segment, but uh, I think it's a uh, he's got a prime chance here to uh, to shine, and uh, I think his price just went up in Dynasty. Oh, yeah. Um, I saw somebody today say that they would spend uh, a, a low twenty two, uh, a late twenty two first, and a twenty three second for him, which I which was higher than I than I expected. Yeah, I don't think I would do do that. And maybe a late twenty two I would do, but that that's it. I want to do more than that. I don't think. Okay, uh, moving along here, Carolina. With the injection of the Cam Newton energy and yeah. more from CMC returning, uh, 34 to 10 over Arizona. Uh, you know, CMC, I mean, you know, people had him on the back burner. He was injured. You know, people are like, you know, JT is RB1 in Dynasty, et cetera. And, mm-hmm. you know, he just goes out, CMC just goes out and proves he's unlike any other player in fantasy. He's still the king for me. He's still my dynasty RB1 until proven otherwise. Yeah. My question for you, are we concerned that Cam is going to vulture TDs on the goal line? Yeah, I'm not, like, too concerned. I mean, we haven't even really been relying on CMC for touchdowns when he's played this year because he gets so much other work. Um, I he gives me anxiety like no other player I think because I have him like I love CMC as a fantasy football player. So every time he touches the ball, I like hold my breath. <laughs> <laughs> like, and he was in the medical tent again last night. Yeah, and I've literally on Twitter in like an hour I heard yeah he had a Charlie horse or a dead leg. Or it was a hamstring amputation. So God only knows mm. what the truth is. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, you can't really trade him in too much in Dynasty because people are worried about the injury. And um, 
but the, like the, the if he is healthy and playing at that like my record with CMC in my lineups is is insane. Mm-hmm. And without him, like probably like over five hundred, but nothing like when he's in your lineup. I mean, he's an RB one and a wide receiver two, in, like combined. You know, and I'm like I know that in their heads, Carolina wants to kind of limit him when he comes back from these injuries. But like he's like a, one of those guys you just don't want to ever take off the field because he does so much for your team. Okay, let's talk about Carolina receivers. Uh, a lot of folks are saying um, that Cam is going to be good for the receivers. I think I think you know it's hard not to be better than Sam Darnold turned into the last few weeks. It's certainly hard not to be better than PJ Walker. But you know if Cam is anything like he was in New England, which granted he didn't have a good receiving core and he was recovering from COVID, right. I, I don't know if he's got the arm really to to continue to make Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore all that relevant. Am I wrong? No, that's a, that's a, that's a plausible concern. I, I think this might be like Cam Newton's like one of his last seasons, if not his last season. So um, I like it. I, I do think that Robbie and DJ Moore are probably going to Sam Darnold was like really bad the last couple of weeks that he played. So um, I don't think he can be worse than that. To be honest, and if, if CMC is healthy, I mean, he takes so much attention away that I don't know. You know, he doesn't necessarily have to play at a crazy high, just get the ball in their hands, you know. Mm. So, I'm actually looking to, to buy DJ Moore and Robbie if possible before next weekend. Okay, all right. Um, on the Arizona side of the ball, uh, you know, another week without Murray and Hopkins. Uh, the game script kind of limited uh, Connor's production, although he still hit the end zone. Uh, mm-hmm. Christian Kirk had a pretty good game with 28.5% target share, seven catches for 58 yards. It sounds like from reports that I've seen, uh, Murray might miss another game against Seattle. Um, what do we make of Arizona right now? Yeah, I mean, Murray's a, a killer, but unfortunately, I mean, this, this is something that it comes with the territory of, of having Kyler Murray on your fantasy team because, you know, he's just – I mean, this was an ankle, so I don't want to overreact too much to it, but, I mean, he's hurt last year. He only had one year, I think, where he, where he didn't get hurt so far. Um, so just, that is a little bit concerning. But, I don't know, I like Kirk a lot in the slot. Mm-hmm. If you can, you could probably still buy him. But I think yeah, I I, uh, I got him today. Um, trying to think of what I paid. Uh, uh, believe I paid a a second and a fourth for Kirk. Yeah, it's a good trade. I traded. I think I mentioned it before, but it's not. I traded Mayfield and the super flex for Daniel Jones and Christian Kirk. Okay. Um, weeks ago, so. All right. Yeah, I think Kirk moving forward is interesting. I believe he's a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, okay. I would have to double check that, but uh, it'd be interesting to see if he lands somewhere else or if he stays uh, in Arizona. I think they're going to want to sign him back. Um, Murray played tight or uh, college ball with him, I believe. Hmm. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure at some point they did. Um, but anyway, and it, like you know, Hopkins is getting up there. 
Uh, Rondell Moore, I think, is going to take a couple of years to really hit his stride. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think they may sign him, which would be, I think, the best thing for him. Okay, let's move on to uh, Minnesota 27, Chargers 20, uh, perennially perennially underrated uh, Kirk Cousin, uh, you know, uh, just does what he does and doesn't get the buzz, but is a solid asset. Um, they said they wanted to get Jefferson the ball more nine for one forty three with a thirty one point four percent target share. Another good game for Conklin, short yardage, but finds the end zone twice. I think he's, uh, you know, depending on your team situation, a possible sell while he's getting some buzz. Yeah, because because the, the thing is, you don't know if like Irv's that's coming back and stuff, too, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see what the price. Yeah, give the price check in your leagues for sure. Okay. Uh, on the Chargers side of the ball, uh, kind of another down day uh, for Herbert. Uh, Eckler with a receiving touchdown kind of saves his uh, his point total for the day. Um, Allen continues to be reliable. Keenan Allen, thirty three point three percent target share, eight catches for ninety eight yards. What do you want to talk about on the Chargers side of the ball? Just keep your eye on how Herbert responds to all this coming down the stretch. Because if he struggles, uh, so does Big Mike. So, um, I I think Big Mike, is, like I think he's going to have a pretty good uh, last part of the year. I think Herbert's going to start playing better. But it's hard to trust him right now with the, with that play. Mm. I mean, he's still got. Six targets, eighteen point one percent. Drop the um, touch. So yeah. Okay. Uh, Philadelphia thirty, Denver thirteen. Uh, Jalen Hurts, a guy we've talked about uh, a lot on this podcast. Uh, you know, still low volume for him, but I think he looked better uh, in that game than uh, some of the games we've seen him in the past. As far as like, you know. Um, uh, doing his reads and being comfortable in the pocket and that sort of thing. What do you think? Yeah, I do think though, these last couple of weeks that he is more comfortable in the pocket. I think he's still got a decent amount to go and actually pretty far probably in the passing game, but um, he's got the weapons. He's got people that can make plays like that ridiculous grab by Wanta Smith. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, he was like a little bit flat footed still, but kind of motionless but in, in there and once he feels pressure he, he does run but it looks like he's trying to remain you know he's remaining calm a lot more and he's keeping his eyes down the field longer so that's something to definitely monitor as we uh you know this last part of the season okay what do you make of the philadelphia running backs another relevant day for both boston scott and uh jordan howard yeah, actually, I dropped Scott and picked up Howard in one league, and it was basically just a swap, mm-hmm, <laughs> like a, mm-hmm. it was a lateral move. So, yeah, any both of them are pretty good flexes for now. And, of course, once Miles Sanders goes down, the, the rushing goes up. So mm-hmm. Yeah, weird. Weird how that worked out. Uh, Dallas Goddard uh, looked like he left with a concussion. Um, so, assuming – let's say, let's say uh, he misses one week, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, he's gotten a lot of target share uh, in the Philadelphia offense uh, this year. Um, I don't see uh, what's his name, Tyree Jackson, Tyree Johnson. 
uh, really. Yeah. I don't know that he's stepping up uh, to play Goddard's role. Um, what does that do to the Philly offense? Uh, let's let's say Goddard misses a game. It's definitely gonna put put um Jalen Hurts in a bind. I think more so. I got her. I like got her. I think he's really good. So, Harry Jackson was actually the University of Buffalo's quarterback. Mm. Uh, he has had some positive training camp buzz a few times. So, not but not a guy I want to start. And I don't think he's a guy that's going to like step right in for Goddard and be anything close to that. So, okay. Uh, let's go to the Denver side of the ball. Uh, game script kind of kept uh, Javante and, and Gordon's carries low, uh, but my campaign for free Javante continues. Uh, he outsnapped Gordon for only the second time this year, and he ran more routes. But once again, Gordon ends up with the touchdown. Uh, a little frustrating, but uh, that's the way it's been. Yeah, no, I keep trying to buy Javante. I get shut down every single time. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this year that it is what it is at this point. I don't think you can expect anything different, but he's going to be good. Okay. Talk to me about Albert O. He's an athletic guy that I've been trying to get included into trades, and I guess maybe in the leagues that I've been doing that, uh, the people I'm, I'm dealing with are, are kind of hip to it already and kind of sharp, uh, and they, they, uh, they're, they're trying to avoid uh, selling him. Uh, what do you think of Albert O.? Yeah, I try to buy him, especially if you have fan. You, you kind of lock those guys up. I think maybe there's a chance that one of them goes somewhere, and I think they can. They're both very talented. So he had a he had an amazing run after the catch this week. So um, buy him if you can. But as you said, people kind of know and his price has been going up. Mm. So uh, Cortland Sutton. Uh, three targets, two catches for 29 yards. He's been basically invisible once Judy has been back. I don't think you can start him at this point. Yeah, you're you're probably right. I, I'm hoping maybe the defenses adjust a little bit more for, for Judy. You know, you got two relevant tight ends. I mean, there's – I think there's, there's other guys I'd rather um, double than Cortland Sutton if I was the defensive coordinator because he doesn't have, like, great speed. Um, I do think this will adjust. I'm surprised that I did think like Judy could take over the wide receiver one this year, but I'm really surprised at how, how they're not using Sutton like at all right now. So, but I, you know, I'm not, I'm not hopeless that he can't, I think he's going to be relevant again. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, and finally the Sunday night game, the Chiefs are back, 41-14 to 14 over Vegas. Huge day for Mahomes. I guess this whole uh, they figured him out bullshit uh, was wrong. Uh, what, what did you see with Mahomes? Yep, he started taking what the defense gave him, and then when, um, you know, he pushed the ball at the right time, and yeah, he was on fire. It was Patrick Mahomes. Well, a lot of what, what goes wrong with him sometimes from what I saw um, is that he would – when there's pressure, there's nobody open. You would take way too many steps backwards and kind of into the defensive ends. Mm. And that's where you see a lot of those running around, jumping, diving plays that he would do. And he didn't put himself in that position last night against a very good defensive line. And he shredded them. Um, 
think I almost scored 200 points in a dynasty league with him. So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, right, you know, his stock's going up. I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong mm. with him, in my opinion. He was still a top five quarterback. He had one really bad week. So, mm-hmm. for I, sure. I didn't sell him low or anything. So let's talk about Daryl Williams. Uh, nine catches for 101 yards and a touchdown. Now, I, don't, I wouldn't call myself a CEH truther, but I'm certainly somebody who probably likes him more than consensus and thinks that he gets too much hate. Yeah. Um, I'm just imagining what my CEH shares would be doing with this kind of, you know, um, passing game usage. Uh, can we expect CEH to get the targets that Daryl Williams been getting uh, moving forward once he comes back? I think he's going to cut into him. The, the, my only concern with CEH is his pass blocking hasn't mm-hmm. been great. But that's, I mean, that's something that it used to, like when rookies would get drafted in the NFL, like when I first started playing fantasy football, you had to wait at least a year for them to really see the field because they had to learn the blitz pickups and all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I'm also probably higher on CEH than consensus. And if, if Mahomes is really going to start taking what the defense gives – and checking down when it's appropriate and letting him, you know, the underneath guys make plays. I think I'm trying to buy CH because there's a lot of negative narrative about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to the Raiders side of the ball. Not too much uh, to talk about. Uh, Brian Edwards, uh, a guy that I had pretty much written off as well. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, goes for three catches, 88 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, you know, I think maybe uh, if uh, you're not contending, it's a good time to move him for some picks, see what you can get. Yeah, I think right now there's just no nobody else. I think, you know, say Jones is <laughs> out there too. Like, he, I think he's the third wide receiver. I don't – I'm not a big Edwards fan. I think he's going to have these games, but he doesn't get much separation at all, so. I would if I if he's on my team, regardless of my where my team is right now, I'm trying to move him. Okay. Uh, I Hunter Renfro, you and I like him a lot. Uh, scores a touchdown this game. Again, the yardage kind of low, but PPR points. Uh, you know, he gets seven catches. I think I got uh, two thirds for Renfro uh, recently in a rebuild. Uh, did I not get enough? Oh, you okay? You sold Renfro for two thirds. I think yeah. I don't think I would do that right now. But mm-hmm. when when Rex was on, I think it was yeah. I, I think that's fine. I have like a huge crush on Renfro. Mm-hmm. Great flux right now, especially with no downfield threat. They're obviously going to take Waller out of the game. And Renfro, if you saw that touchdown catch last night. He did like a triple move on like a five yard out route or something like that. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. I saw a replay of that. Yeah, he actually faked himself like he fell down a little bit and still got like four yards of separation. Um, so yeah, I like him as a flex play. More explosive, Cole Beasley kind of is my thought on him. Okay, well that does it for our uh, review of uh, this uh, Sunday slate. Uh, We're looking forward to seeing what happens with the Rams on Monday night. Uh, But for now, we will do our signature segment, Fever and Chills. Players that are giving us the fever and players that are giving us the chills. You want to go first? 
Sure, I'll go first. I'll go with my fever, and it's uh, it's Devonta Smith. I don't care if I've already talked about him. I honestly didn't look, but I'm mean, uh, yeah, I would. Uh, I got him in like three leagues. I would love to have him even more. That catch he made on Sunday made me jump out of off my couch <laughs> when he caught that ball. Um, so yeah, I I just like I said, he's not big, but his catch radius is. Vertical is speed in and out of his breaks, is receiving after catchability. It's just, um, I still don't think his value is right. I think he's worth more than what you might be able to get him for. So, yeah, I think so too. I think, I think right now, uh, his price would be lower than I would want for him. Let me ask you this there's been a debate that I've seen, uh, uh, on Twitter among some folks, uh, Waddle versus Smith. Where do you see them? I'd go Smith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't give up Waddle Plus for Smith if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It does. Kind of silly, but um if I'm picking either or if it's straight up, I'm going to Bunt Smith. Okay. Uh right now I have Waddle uh a few spots ahead in my rankings. Mm-hmm. Um I think he's been more consistent and as much as, and I'm also somebody who thinks Tua gets a little too much hate, but even, even with Tua's question marks, uh, I think he's been more reliable uh, than Hertz. So right now, based on uh, how the quarterback outlook is, uh, I have uh, Waddle at 12 and Devonta Smith at 15. Um, I think, soon enough that might be reversed i'm not sure yeah i I agree with you tua is a good quarterback for the numbers he puts up behind that offensive line is is really good i don't know what miami's deal is with him to be Mm. honest i don't know he's got to get out of there yeah like i don't think why was Brissett playing on so weird so (laughs) weird he looked fine to me so um yeah and, and i think that was like the even weirder part, they get Waddle over Devonta because Waddle likes or uh, Tua likes Waddle more. Mm. And then they're mess, you know, he's playing great considering nobody's blocking. He's got broken ribs. So yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not I wouldn't give up anything with Waddle to get Devonta. I think you're fine if you got Waddle. I have yeah. a team that have Waddle, Devonta, and Judy. And that that's I like that. Um I like that trio of receivers a mm-hmm. lot. Very good young trio. So my fevers are uh, Jamal Agnew and AJ Dillon. So let me start with Agnew. Um, he's a guy that I've been adding to rosters over the last few weeks. He is finding a way to contribute even on a bad team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're in a league, uh, like let's say it's 14 teams or it has multiple flexes, I think you can do a lot worse than having Jamal Agnew. If I'm contending, I'm riding Agnew out, seeing how, how long this lasts, you know, probably discarding him in the offseason, depending on how uh, the Jacksonville roster shakes out. Right. If, I'm, if I'm not contending, I'm trying to see if I can uh, take advantage of the buzz on mm-hmm. him and the production and see if I can, what kind of picks I can get for him and take the money and run. What do you think? Yeah, like I, I like Agnew a lot. I have him in a 14-team IDP league that has, like, 
you got you got so three wide receivers and like three flexes. Um, and he's been I I've like I haven't moved him out of the flex unless he had a buy in in a few weeks now. Mm-hmm. And I I played him in that league where I told you I had that was a keeper redraft like his keeper, but you only keep three guys. And I played uh, oh my god, I'm blanking out now. Uh, Simeon, Mason Rudolph, and I had Agnew in my slot. Mm-hmm. He destroyed my <laughs> like, but if you would have told me mm-hmm. team like season long league basically that you're gonna play those three guys, like the NFL's crazy. Like <laughs> it really has been weird week to week. Yeah. Uh, so my other fever is AJ Dillon. Uh, he's a guy that you and I have talked about that even before this Jones injury. Uh, the arrow was up on him. He was uh, finding a way to carve out a role. He was eating into uh, Jones's touches. Uh, up until the point of the Jones injury in uh, in the Sunday game, he still had, I believe, 10 touches or at least uh, some form of double-digit touches even before Jones got hurt. So he's a guy that Green Bay has shown that they're trusting more and more. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, uh, he's, he's big, he's dynamic. I think he's the future in green Bay. Um, I think, uh, I, I think what we're seeing here is maybe not the same, but we're seeing like, a, a cause it's not the same, especially cause Jones is a little younger and resigned with green Bay. He's not a free agent, but I think we're, it's analogous to Melvin Gordon and Javonta Williams. I think as time goes on next year, you're going to see Jones's touches go down, Dylan's go up. Uh, I, I, I am a, I'm, I'm becoming a, a big Dylan backer. Uh, I like him a lot. Uh, I'm seeing what I can do to buy him, uh, and uh, and uh, certainly holding on to him um, if I have him. Although with the buzz and the Jones injury, you know, let, you know, it might be a value spike to to check out too. What do you think? Yeah, I like Dylan. I I always like to bet on like the the elite athleticism or the physical specimens that are just like out of control, you know. And I think like in today's NFL, you know, a lot of linebackers are they're fast now and stuff like that. But I think like a back like like AJ Dylan can make the them pay. A lot of teams play a nickel like the Bills and you know you got, you got to tackle all of a sudden AJ Dylan with um with more, you know, more defensive backs on the field than, than you got linebackers and it becomes a little bit difficult. So mm. I think his price is still going to be decent while Aaron Jones is there, but I don't think I would wait till Aaron Jones comes back to battery. Right okay. Uh, and speaking of the bills, your chills for the week. Yes. I'm putting this to rest because I don't want like my, my uh, brand or whatever <laughs> to, be, to be nagging on somebody, but. Zach Moss, if you have him on your team, I would honestly got just trade him, trade him for whatever you can get. Mm-hmm. He's just if you can't, he's just, he's he's just not a good run. It's just it just is what it is. You just can't make anybody miss. Um, yeah. So I mean, he scored a touchdown. You know, I would try to move him, do a package deal, maybe even try to trade him for Singletary or something with. You might have to give up a little bit more, but I don't think it'd be anything crazy right now. Yeah, I was on the Moss hype train last year. Uh, then he proved me wrong. Very disappointed. I was off of him. 
And then earlier this season, he showed some flashes and it was like, ah, maybe Moss is back. Maybe he's contributing. You know, he was getting the lion's share of the touches in that backfield, whatever that's worth. Uh, but uh, I just don't I just don't see him being very, very fantasy relevant um, on that team that likes to throw a lot with his skill set and the others in the backfield. Uh, I'm been trying to uh, to sell him uh, on some teams, too. So we'll see what I can get. Yeah. And it's like like if it's blocked, well, he's fine. Um, and I'll break like the arm occasional arm tackle and stuff like that. But um, he just he can't make anything happen on his own. And I, that's the one thing that I need from the running backs that I have mm-hmm. on my team. I, they have to be able to create. So. Uh, and, and Dable said, like, I don't care about balance. We're going to do what we got to do. That's exactly what they said. So if the run ain't working, they're not, they don't care. You know? Okay. Let's do my chills. So uh, t- I purposely put in two guys that going into the season, I was very high on. One of them is Cortland Sutton. I still like him. I still think he's talented. Uh, but I think with Judy and the possibly two relevant tight ends, I just don't think he's going to see the target share that uh, I need from him to fulfill what my expectations were. Uh, he slipped in my rankings uh, and he's somebody that I'm worried about. I agree that maybe with some defensive adjustments to Judy, he might, uh, he might get a few more targets, uh, but I just don't see him having the, the ceiling that I once thought he did. What do you think about Sutton? Yeah, the thing about Denver is, I mean, that's a talented offense. There's a lot of talented players all around. So, um, and then you got Teddy B, who's not playing that great. Uh, but, like, I, I honestly, in the offseason, like, if you can't, like, if you're a contending team, I probably wouldn't try to buy him Sutton right now. But if you can get him in the offseason and then hope, you know, like a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers or, or something like that, or even like a Matt Ryan. You know, or like a Kirk Cousins or something. Uh, just throwing some names out there with guys that yeah. are getting older and mm-hmm. have contracts. Um, mm-hmm. I love to see that. So, I mean, yes, yeah, Okay. This next chills comes with an asterisk. It's a short term chills. Yeah. Uh, but I have to put him there because he's my dynasty wide receiver, too. We talked about him earlier about, mm-hmm. you know, how you're pretty sure he'll be okay. Um, I'm a little cold on, on AJ Brown right now. Um, he, he's, he had a blow up week. Uh, we know how talented he is. Uh, you know, you'd think with Julio out and really not much else to throw to, he'd be thriving. I, I, I just think without Henry in the offense, it's going to be weird week to week. And I don't think you're going to be able to count on him, uh, mm-hmm. very much. Obviously you're probably playing him. If you have him. he's your stud, you drafted him high. You know, you know, the, you know, he's got the ability to, to have a big week, but uh, I am tempering my expectations while Henry is out. Yeah, those are all good points. I agree. I think he's going to be like up and down, but I mean, if you're like, if you're rebuilding, I just, I just thought of this and you have Stefan Diggs, would you trade him straight up for AJ Brown right now? So yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I think if I was rebuilding, I think I would. I think I'd take AJ Brown if I could sell Diggs for Brown, and then yeah, and then, I mean, you might get a little bit of a shorter career because of his knees, but I still think it's longer than the production that's the 
Stefan Diggs is going to give you. Yep. Yep. I, I totally agree. All right. Well, uh, that's it from us. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at FFJunkie underscore. Scott, where, they, where can they find you on Twitter? I'm over at FF underscore fire 911. Okay. And you can follow our show on Twitter at Dynasty Fever Pod. That's a wrap for us. Thanks for listening. Appreciate the listens, everybody.